causing us to question when is content content? So, you know, normally in news organizations, it's not content until the story gets published. You know, then it's content. But in fact, once the story gets published, in a lot of cases, it's too late for Facebook Live. Because if I said to a reporter who had a great story set in Miami, okay, let's do a Facebook Live about that story you have in today, well, that reporter might not even be in Miami anymore. And they're certainly not talking to the people that they talked to for the article. Welcome to It's All Journalism. I'm Michael O'Connell, here with another podcast about innovations in digital news. This time around, we're talking about streaming video. If you've been on Facebook lately, you've probably seen a number of reporters and news outlets streaming video sessions as a way to tell their stories and to engage audiences. On the phone with you today is Louise Story, executive producer of Facebook Live at The New York Times. Welcome, Louise. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being on. I'm a really big fan of what you guys are doing. You haven't been doing it that long, but you seem to be doing like really fun and innovative things on Facebook. Can you sort of tell me how this uh, came about? Sure. Yes, it's only our fourth week, so it is still very new. But it came about looking around the landscape a couple months ago. People at the company decided this was a very important opportunity for the Times. I got involved just about a month ago to help oversee this. And the reason to get involved here is because this is a tool that can be used by people all over the New York Times. You know, a lot of times when you see fancy things happening in the digital space, they're being done by people who know how to code or with a lot of equipment or a lot of skill. And that's exciting too, but this can be done by anyone. You, you shoot this with your cell phone. And, you know, Everyone at the Times has a cell phone, and it goes right from there onto this platform. And so I spent the last 10 years as a reporter here, and one of the things that I know a lot of reporters want is a way that they can get involved in innovation, experimentation, and reaching out to our audiences more closely, and this allows for that. And what I really like about it, and it's sort of what you're, you're saying is that anybody can do this. This, this is very informal. This is not, you know, super produced videos. This is, you know, almost a man on the street type of uh, reporting, which is really kind of exciting because it's very much in the moment. That's absolutely true. And it's interesting if you think about it, look around at who's doing this a lot on Facebook. And you don't see the TV networks doing as much of this as you do see other types of media companies. And, you know, I think other types of media companies are looking at this and they're saying, wow, this is a visual way we can interact with our audiences. It's not TV. It's something different. It's not even online video in the way we've thought about it before because, you know, you come in at any time in live. It's not just the start. And there's the interaction and the comments. So, it's really a new type of content. At the Times, we're calling this live interactive journalism. Yeah. And, and, you know, for example, just this morning, I got an alert and it was there was somebody, one of your reporters who had just flown into uh, Hong Kong and uh, he was shooting just his journey out of, I think, the train station or the plane, you know, terminal or something out into the city. Uh, through a tunnel and up some stairs and up, you know, the sky's opening up and, you know, people are streaming to him and asking him questions. And, uh, you know, it, it's really kind of, like I said, sort of in the moment, um, which is kind of neat. Um, right. That one is with Jonah Kessel. And in fact, he's doing those 
three days in a row. He's going to some really interesting places in Hong Kong and um, taking the audience along with him. And this is something that he's doing that we're doing exclusively for Facebook Live. We're creating all kinds of content that expressly for the Facebook audience. We also kicked off a couple of serials this week that are also native content for Facebook, including one that Gretchen Morganson, who is a longtime financial columnist and journalist here, is doing about whistleblowers, and another one called 30 Under 30 that we're doing about creative, fascinating people who are under 30 who you may be hearing about in a few years doing something really big. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the, the reader engagement or the audience engagement, because it's not, it's not actually, they're not necessarily reading what you're doing at the moment. Mm-hmm. They're actually viewing what you're doing. How are you sort of engaging the audience in what you're doing here? So when we talk about what we're going to do on Facebook Live, we talk about several things. We talk about who will be in the video, if anyone. You might not have a person in it. What will the visual aesthetic look like? And we talk about, will someone from the New York Times be live hosting in the comments, meaning that the entire time this is going on, someone from the New York Times will be in the comments answering questions, engaging with the audience. And we talk about, will we notify other people out there that we're doing this, maybe people who would be interested in this story, and maybe they want to come be in the comments. And so what we're finding is that when you really focus on what you do with the comments and how you integrate them into the video, maybe the person on the video is in a park and is walking the direction people ask him to walk, or maybe the questions are coming from the audience, maybe the audience is voting on something. When when you do this, when you integrate the audience via the comments, people tend to watch for longer. They tend to stay with you for longer. And I really think that this is a transformative moment in the media. You know that in general, the media has been one way. You know, TV comes out of the box at you. Newspapers got dropped in your doorstep. Still, newspapers on a website, you know, they're, they're putting it out there. You consume. But this is, you know, one of the first mediums that it's, you know, at the, the root of it, if news organizations do it right, and at least the way we're trying to do it, is that the content that you see in the video is this circular feedback loop of involving the audience. Yeah, and I can definitely so see it's that. two-way. Yeah, and I definitely see that, and I do agree with you that this is, I think, very transformative. And I spoke a little bit before about the informal nature of it. This doesn't seem like something that the Times would normally be doing. The video that you're, you're producing here, is, some of it seems very much on the fly. You know, the New York Times does a really great job of producing high-quality uh, video products, you know, short videos that, that, you know, sort of expand on the stories and the reporting that you're doing. But this is, you know, again, in-the-moment sort of stuff. And some of these videos go on for a while. I've, I noticed a couple that were over, you know, a half hour long. Uh, they're not just web videos that are, you know, only like two minutes long. These are these are things that are, you know, out in involving people and involving conversations. And people seem to be really kind of eating this up. Well, you know, as I was saying, this is really not the same as traditional online video. I mean, there there has been a move in online video for things to be really short. And in traditional online video, you think primarily about the start being the most important because otherwise people don't continue if the start is not the most important. But with live video, the audience comes in over time. I mean, they might come in on minute 10 of a 20-minute of a interactive journalism segment that you're doing on Facebook Live. And so it's just the timing and the cadence and the entire approach is differently. If you want to do 
two-way journalism, then you need to have time to involve the audience. So two minutes doesn't leave a lot of a lot of room for real interactivity. Yeah, and it's very much of an experience video that you're, you're the audience being a part of it, and it sort of unfolds as they are part of it. And like you said, I you know I think it, it's even sort of a step beyond what we've seen with live streaming video before with 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 things like Meerkat and uh, the other one escapes me at the moment, uh, Periscope. It's he, because because you're involving more the conversation, I think, going on. It is. I mean, it's very experiential. I mean, one of the types of segments that we've created, we're calling Take Me There's. And we've done those in Central Park, and we've done those in a wet market in Hong Kong. And what those are, are about being there. In fact, they're not tied to a news hook. They're not tied to a news story. But you're there and you feel like you're there through really great camera work and people in the comments talk about what it means to be there. When we did it on Central Park, it was being watched by people all over the world and they were reminiscing about their trips to New York. So it is very experiential. The other thing that you know, live interactive journalism is doing here at The Times is it's causing us to question when is content content? So, you know, normally in news organizations, it's not content until the story gets published. You know, then it's content. But in fact, once the story gets published, in a lot of cases, is too late for Facebook Live. Because if I said to a reporter who had a great story set in Miami, okay, let's do a Facebook Live about that story you have in today, well, that reporter might not even be in Miami anymore. And they're certainly not talking to the people that they talked to for the article. So, we have to kind of step back the process a little if we want to take our audience into the story. And we've done this very successfully in some segments already. We had one segment with a reporter named Libby Rosenthal. She has a story that's still not out yet. It's not coming out for a few more weeks about a man in New Hampshire who's been battling a hospital for his mother's medical records. It's a battle many people have had. And he and the hospital have had such a run-in that the hospital filed a harassment case against him. And so the kicker of Libby's article, the last paragraph, is going to be this fellow turning himself into the police. And so we live-streamed Libby going and meeting him at his house, leaving the house with him in the car ride on the way to the police. She and he talked about how did it come to this point. And then the audience got to see him walk into the police station to turn himself in. And then after that, Libby posted in the comments what happened when he was in there. And so that was content. But traditionally, um, a lot of journalists wouldn't have thought that it was content until our story came out. But our, that was one that our audience watched longer than some others. I think it's because there was that payoff at the end of it the payoff at the end of it of, you know, him turning himself in. Yeah. And, and I know you, this is going to be kind of a short interview. You only have a little time with us, but I do want to touch on a couple of points quickly. First of all, we're talking about a lot of viewers to these videos, uh, hundred, over hundreds of thousands of views on some of these, these videos. Did this surprise you, this, this amount of interaction and views to these? Well, Yes and no. I mean, the reason we're doing this is because we know the Facebook audience is huge. You know, the New York Times has over 11 million followers on its main Facebook page, right? Mm -hmm. So on the one hand, no. You know, on the other hand, there are a number of people who watch for quite a while, and that's very compelling. One of the things we're looking into with, you know, deeper dives into data is, you know, how long people watch these versus produced videos and trying to learn about the difference in the nature of 
live. And also one thing we can already see is that, you know, being very genuine about interacting with them, not just saying, oh, there's some comments there, talk if you want, but saying, here we are, New York Times reporters, we're in the comments with you. And in fact, your comments will reflect what we do here and elsewhere. That really creates a much longer engagement and interaction with us. Yeah, and being in the in the Facebook environment is is probably very helpful to do that you know, because that's people are hungry for that sort of interaction on that platform. And the other thing I want to ask you for, you know, can you just sort of describe, you know, how a, a, the a typical production of this goes on? You know, wh- how many how many people are involved? Is it really just one reporter in the field, or do you have somebody who's you know at a computer uh, following the, the stream? You have multiple people shooting the video. How does this work? Well, for the Facebook Lives that we are doing on New York Times accounts, we always have someone watching it and providing them feedback as best we can if there's an issue with it. You know, this is live. There are a lot of connection issues to the cell phone network and so on. So sometimes we just can't be sure that we'll always get connection and that the image will always be crisp. But we are watching them in real time and providing feedback and also as I said, we're playing a big role in the comments. So when you have, it's really a commitment from the Times not just to put our faces on camera, but actually to really interact in the comments. And when you're doing that, that means you're there while it's live and you're aware of what's going on with it. So these are certainly not on autoplay or something in terms of how we do them. They're, they're engaged. But they are flexible in the sense that the actual person shooting the video could be one person. And that gives us the opportunity to do a lot with our you know, very global, international uh, team of reporters and photographers that we have around the world. It, it gives you a chance to sort of show that off. And the other thing, and this will, this will be our wrap-up question, the involvement of the reporters, how excited or how interested are they, are they in getting involved in this? Oh, it's really incredible. So the day that Dean Baquet, our executive editor, set out a joint announcement about this within the newsroom, you know, I got tons of emails. I ended up getting like over 60 reporters here who volunteered and said, I really want to be regularly involved. Then initially, you know, that was within the first few days. And then since then, as we've gone around talking to people, even more want to get involved. So I actually think there's a really pent up demand among journalists to find ways to experiment and to connect with the audience. That is... Um, you know, longer than, you know, a lot of social platforms have very short messaging. And this is one where you can really have a back and forth, longer dialogue with the audience. Yeah, I think it's really kind of beneficial in it for what you're you're sort of doing in it. And it presents a different type of experience for certainly people on Facebook and, and probably a lot of traditional New York Times readers and, and reporters as well. I mean, I like the fact that you kind of stratified uh, you've got different types of uh, presentations. You've got, you know, things that are just like panels and one-on-one discussions and, and videos just out in the field to somebody taking video of something or talking to people or interviewing people. Uh, it's a nice kind of mix, and, and it's really kind well, of... Well, thank you. It's kind I mean, of, we are thinking, you know, just like newspapers have many different types of articles, that there will be many different types of Facebook Live. So we're thinking that way about the variety, not only of the content, but the variety in the format. Yeah, and I think uh, it's it's something people should definitely check out. So I'm going to let you go. Thank you very much for, for giving me this time here. This is really fascinating. And I'm, I'm glad we talked because uh, this, as you said, I think this is sort of a transformative moment for newsrooms and, and live streaming video. And I really can't wait to see where this goes. Thanks so much. Next time on It's All Journalism. 
We learned a lot from Edward Snowden, but um, that was at this point, you know, several years ago, and uh, we have no reason to think that sources aren't in entirely new dangers that it would take an, a new whistleblower for us to discover, right? And so, um, for the sake of source protection, you have to be as, as judicious and careful as possible. And so, I did not get um, answers about the exact rate of the stories, but everybody I spoke to was was quite clear that the system has been useful, whether as a reporting tool or as the sort of thing that signals that they as an organization value security and value the, you know, the um, privacy, anonymity, and, and, and safety of their sources if somebody wants to come with, to them with, with information. In our next episode, I talked to Charles Barrett, the author of a new report from the Tau Center for Digital Journalism about SecureDrop, a new technology that will help journalists protect the identity of their sources. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the changing state of digital news. Find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and now Google Play. This week's podcast was produced by me, Michael O'Connell, Nicola Grisco, and Amber Healy. It's All Journalism is produced in partnership with the Association of Alternative News Media. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 